Good evening and welcome to another episode of the CEO podcast. And we have a fantastic guest today. We've got Callie Keane, who is the president and founder of Red Blue Collective. What they do is they help coach brilliant misfits, innovators, outsiders, uh, really transforming product ideas into business reality. Uh, I'm probably not doing it any justice. So Callie, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to, to join us today. How are you doing? Hey, thank you. As, as, good as, as good as I can be, and we're making it happen. I love it. I love it. Do you want to share a little bit in your own words uh, about Red Blue Collective, what you do, and, and then we'll get back into it later on in the conversation? Yeah. So what we do is, well, everyone has a million-dollar idea, right? This is the thing. Everyone's in the shower. They get hit by that lightning bolt by Zeus, and they decide, like, hey, I'm going to pursue this idea, right? Yeah. And, and uh, the, the short of it is that for the people that have the perseverance, they have the will to make it happen, I help facilitate those ideas and turn them into actual businesses, not just products, but actual businesses. And um, yeah, that's... So that's kind of the, an the executioner then. You, you take an idea from a concept and you build out systems processes and help that entrepreneur along the way to build in something that's really tangible by the end product correct we we can help with every stage of product development from paper to mass production uh, i would leverage my experience and we'll talk about in a second to help layer in strategy so that's really the difference between what i'm doing and say like a product development company is that you're using my network and you're using uh my experience in operations to, you know, turn, turn it into an actual business, not like a Kickstarter, you know, not just, we're not just making a product. We're going to have something that, that lasts and grows. And uh, for existing businesses, I kind of do the same thing. We go in, we innovate, we create new products, expand the portfolio and help that business scale. So. Perfect. Great. Now that sounds really good. So kind of let's backtrack a little bit and, Take it. Take us back to kind of how you got into this world uh, and the and the journey along the way. Yeah, it is. It is kind of different, right? So, um, I've been a mentor with a number of incubators and programs, and I stuck to my guns about my manufacturing and product background because it is it is a little different. But I'll, I'll give you kind of how I got here. Is I, I grew up in the manufacturing business, so I'm. I'm third generation of run a manufacturing company with my brother. And for about the past, like almost 15 years, 14 years, been developing products for companies of all sizes. So solopreneurs up to fortune 100 companies, government entities. Um, and that gave me a unique perspective because when you develop a product, you really sit shotgun, you sit next to the driver of that business and you see the decisions they make, how they came up with the market that they're going to focus on, how they launch something, like the profitability of it. You see a lot of inside of a lot of businesses and that they, uh, I'm really fortunate in that regard is it gave me 100, 200 businesses worth of insight versus just my own company. Uh, we focused that company down. So I still do product development. I still do the business development and you know help run that organization, but we focus on a very niche audience in the defense manufacturing market. 
And I really liked working with entrepreneurs. So that's kind of my passion. My thing is I love talking to people about their ideas and their business. And to be able to continue that, I formed Red Blue Collective. And we work exclusively with startups, entrepreneurs, small, smaller businesses. So say like uh, in that six, seven figure range, and then we, we, you know, we grow them up. So uh, yeah, that's kind of how I arrived there. And uh, that's what I put out myself as doing that and put together my network and we make that accessible to somebody that's just, you know, creating a startup or they've just finished their Kickstarter and they want to turn that little bit of win into a big business. And um, yeah, that's, that's what we're doing. Fantastic. So there's a lot going on here. Firstly, the manufacturing world is massive, right? There's so many different things that go on. And obviously my background is with a huge manufacturing company, FlowServe. So I have a little bit uh, more inside than, uh, than the regular person. So no, especially in the nuclear division that I was in, what it takes to really put together some of those products is pretty massive. I love the way that you've kind of taken that experience of manufacturing and then business and entrepreneurship, because not only do you run a successful manufacturing company, you've managed to scale that to multiple seven figures with your brother. So that's a huge achievement in itself. And then kind of package that skill set to then help entrepreneurs or inventors even with a concept and an idea and taking it all the way through to building a business out of it, which is honestly where most business owners fail, right? You know, the, the failure rate of businesses or small businesses, as we know, is, is super high, um, especially over a period of time. So can you go over some of the processes or kind of frameworks that you use? If someone was to come to you with an idea on a piece of paper saying, hey, Callie, this is my idea. What do we do next? What sure. Yeah, absolutely. And and we actually have our proprietary framework and I use it for uh, initially when somebody schedules a call with me, a strategy call, we walk through that framework as, as an auditing and an education tool, but also to show the value of how we're going to walk through and grow a business. But um, yeah, the, the first thing that I have people look at and and we could, we could qualify people as like, is the idea the right size for the capital that they have? Do they have access to the audience and the reach? Like there's some feasibility work that we could do. Um, but by and large, what we, what we have them go through is a nine step framework. And it starts with setting intentions is people create businesses because they have an idea, but they don't have an idea of where they wanna go, like the kind of life that they wanna lead, what that would look like. And your business is a vehicle to help you achieve a life goal, like personal, you know, personal dream. And the product is a strategy for a moment in time that that business will use to get you to that goal. So I'll, I'll give a, like an easy example of this is that some people want to grow businesses so they can sell it. Other people want to grow businesses so they can get investors and other people just want to create businesses that kind of work almost autonomously to them. So they, they just do like some like mid range to low six figures. And like, that's perfectly okay. There's nothing wrong with any of those, whether you want to do a six figure business or you want to do a hundred million dollar business. It's just, we're going to come at a certain level of value and we might not be the right fit, but I want people to understand what we're trying to achieve. So we, 
make goals relative we, we make goals and we make actions relative to those those goals right Does yeah, that make the end sense? outcome you got to know where you're aiming in order to to get there in the end right it's like looking at a map if you don't know where the final destination of the map is you're just going to go around in circles yeah you're just driving aimlessly right and, th and that's super important so this just goes back it's it's a 20,000 year old proverb that everyone knows or you could read it in Stephen Covey's you know seven habits of highly effective people it's just you know start with the end in mind have some intentionality we, we go through that we select a proper customer avatar and we have some unique structures around that uh, but we build in an unfair advantage where this is something that especially for a starting entrepreneur, they need, to, they need to have some inside knowledge. They need to belong to that tribe, right? They need to have an edge that allows them to uh, compete in the marketplace. We go out and we talk to people. We have some uh, research tools that allow us to uncover the stories of transformation that somebody is trying to achieve. And this is really interesting because I get pushback from this all the time is somebody will say, I'm trying to create a novelty product. There's no transformation there. And I'm like, Look at the human needs, right? Belonging, community, contribution, significance. Those are all things that novelty help us achieve. Yeah, right? Significance and certainty are the biggest two human needs, right? When you look at the Absolutely. Higher. And they're universal to any business. It doesn't matter if you're selling. In my case, I've sold uh, expensive fidget spinners and I've sold products to the military, right? And like there's certainty and there's significance in all of those, right? because somebody wants to look good to their boss. They want to look good to the program. They want to look good to their friends. They want to stand out of the crowd. And so we look at those stories of transformation and we realize that our product is a facilitator into that transformation, right? And we then were able to build a go-to-market strategy around adjacent products, the messaging for it. Uh, you know, We can structure our landing pages and our emails and everything that we do around hitting that emotion uh, we, we of course do the things like competitive landscape. We, uh, we, we have a, a process called traction products, where if you have a really big idea, I, I move that, I shift it to the right. And then we look at a series of products or projects that we can do that build revenue and help you build the business acumen, the reach, the list, all of those things. So we can move towards that hero pro product, right? So instead of spending 12 months, beating your head up about not having capital to build your idea. We spend 12 months building a business that makes money that funds that idea. It's significantly different than the MVP different book. to traction tools like Gina Wickman book. Oh yeah, it is different. It is different than that, but shout out to Gina Wickman. I, I probably mentioned him at least a couple times a week because we're working through traction right now and it's phenomenal. It's super actionable. Anybody, who listens to this and hasn't picked up traction and get a grip or the whole suite of books. Yeah. Do yourself a favor. Do yourself a favor. You know? Yeah. And I can single-handedly uh, back that up. We've been using traction for maybe a year and a half now mm -hmm. and phenomenal. It's single-handedly really helped us have that framework and align our leadership and our whole business together and really pull forward in as one complete unit uh, to really succeed and drill, drill into our core values and our beliefs and then 
the human element of it as well, really understanding what your staff are looking for and are they a good fit in the right seat and, and making some tough decisions because ultimately it's not all easy. And especially as your team grows bigger, it's uh, it's even more important to use a framework it's, like track. It's also easily yeah. broken down and actionable too because we've all heard, you know, have core values, have a mission, have goals. You know, you should, you should hold people accountable and all these kind of, fuzzy and like ephemeral concepts that are hard to get a grip on. And then he just makes them so they, here's how you do it. Boom, 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 boom. And uh, I I appreciate it. I mean, that's why I I have a trademark for the phrase end hype in relative to business services. And that's why I have so much branding around end hype because there's most business books are 200 pages of filler and five pages of, of, uh, of content, right? His book's 200 pages. And it's like every page you're like, you know, <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot to be said. Definitely shout out to Gino. Go buy the book, read read around it, get the audiobook, whatever you need to really understand those concepts. And the thing that changed a lot for us was getting an implementer. So we have uh, an EOS implementer, and it really helped us understand initially because you know there's a lot to take in in that framework and didn't really understand a lot of it in the way that he described it until we got uh, an expert to really mentor and coach us as to how to really use that and, and get the most out of it. So that made a big difference for us as well. Hmm. Yeah, I'd have to consider that. The, uh, the Get a Grip, the novelization book really puts that front and center, the, the value of an implementer because it, it goes through that that whole process. But, but yeah, so I... Our, our process is different. It's actually, I, I came up with it from working with high growth startups and I realized like, hey, we got to show market traction before any investor is going to care because they want to see some revenue. But we have these ideas that will cost 100, 200,000 or more to develop. And it's like, why develop it when we don't know if our business model works if we yeah, don't have an audience? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we test, we test, but we test with by building a brand and building a real business. And this this allows investors to come in and say, hey, that idea isn't just sitting in a vacuum. It's like the next thing. And I wanna get in on the next, I wanna get in on the big thing. And this works, it, 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 it works, um, it's really interesting. But uh, yeah, we, we, we try to make a model of, hey, here's some things that we can do to kind of grow that. Uh, we go, we go over some simple launch strategies. I think people get too confused with tactics versus strategies and the way a business system works. So they think like, oh, if I get Shopify, then I'll have a business. I'm like, Shopify is a website builder. Like it's not a business, right? We can use Shopify if you want. Like it's not gonna make you successful or not. It's gonna optimize something that you do. So like, yeah, if we use funnels, we'll be successful. I'm like, you know, Everything's a funnel, but like if you get click funnels, the way you use it is what we have to answer. Like that tool is just going to make it easier or, or yeah. broader or make you fail faster, right? I think you make a great point because tactics versus strategy, working in the business versus on the business, optimizing each stage of the business. You know, when you're yeah. dealing with a company that's at the infant stage versus a mature company. Uh, there's all different problems to solve depending on the life cycle of that business. So I'm, I'm really glad that we've got a resource now that someone can reach out to and really 
guide them along each stage of that way and know um, with a great deal of, uh, of certainty that you've been there and done that before many times over. So you can guide them in the right way. What's interesting is the steps that we just went over. If you're, if you're already running a seven figure business, understand that Apple released the Newton in the nineties and a bunch of failed products because they, they didn't put in the mechanisms for attraction into their, into their business and other lots of, lots of businesses like Amazon had the fire, right? Lots of businesses that are big that really have great markets, they fail at products too. And it's just that when we're small, we're, we're, not, we're not Jeff. We can't hit, take a billion dollar hit, right? And like our time is so finite and precious that if we're running a six or seven figure, even a mid seven figure business, we wanna test and try and we wanna grow in like a more purposeful uh, way versus just like going crazy and hoping. Because hoping is not a fantastic business strategy. It's a good point you mentioned because when you're at that level where you've got a business and it's running relatively successfully, there's tax advantages towards doing that as well. Right now, uh, the R&D tax credit is probably a big one in, in this, when you're innovating and looking to improve or pivot or add another vertical, that there's things out there, there's grants out there that you can apply for and help fund some of this work as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, and this, this ties in to our kind of final stages. We look for collaborators in the market so we can join we can create joint ventures. And one thing that's really bolted on well to our process is that there's these large challenges out there in the market. So uh, we were working with Department of Energy on uh, clean tech solutions. But if you're solving a human level need like food, medicine, education, uh, you know, wealth disparity, or the environment, there's these massive programs, non-dilutive, as in they won't take equity, and the prizes are significant. So like the solar prize challenge that I was a mentor with, the round one prize that went to 20 people was $50,000. The round two prize that went to 10 people was $100,000. And the round three prize was half a million. So we brought six people through to win. And, uh, you know, including just, just regular people that won $150,000 because you win at each round. So it's like pretty ridiculous and they didn't have to give up any equity. But what even better is that it, those programs, they're usually co-sponsored by somebody that's a business because uh, contrary to popular belief, the most common source of acquisition and investment comes from partners, not from venture capital, right? Yeah. So like, if we're able to take part in one of these programs and like Northrop, all the defense companies do it, all the military groups do it, all the oil and gas people do it, all the, you know, all the uh, medical companies do some flavor of these things. If that's your market and you go in there and you win, even at the smallest level, you get access to people you'd never be able to talk to otherwise, and you can start doing business with them. And then it really sets you up for massive collaborative partnerships which would lead to then that you know investment strategy or that exit strategy that you're looking for, and it's it's crazy, it's it's crazy. But you to, you know to to win those prizes, you got to show traction, right? You have to show that you know how to run a business. And a lot of people, really really smart people, um, really great ideas, they don't understand that the best idea doesn't win, right? It's the best marketed 
and run business tends to win, right? Yeah. So they think like the highest quality idea is going to win. And I'm like, unfortunately, you know, you, that's just one domain that we're going to be judged in. And uh, the best known product generally wins. And we can do that with traction. Totally agree. So, you know, it's all about kind of think of it as a circle. You want full 360 degrees and the more elements of that that are missing, the less likely it is to, to roll over in a nice spherical fashion. And running a business is very much like that. It's got all these different segments. And the minute you take a segment out, it wobbles a little bit. And the more you take out, the more it's going to start wobbling. So to have some expertise in all those areas and then get better and grow and grow is building a really strong foundation at the core so you can yep. then expand it afterwards. So I really resonate with that. Kelly, as we look to wrap up, I'd like to end with one question. And that is, if you had to attribute your success between three different factors, how would you apportion between them? And those three factors being drive, skill, and luck. Hmm. Well, I, I feel like I, I lucked out a little bit because I was born into an entrepreneurial creative family, right? So I have to, I have to take credit for that. And uh, maybe I was I was dumb enough to follow in the footsteps and take advantage of it. <laughs> so lucked out there. Um, I think the largest portion of that though is, is uh, the, the drive element really, because I, I've seen people with incredible backgrounds, tons of money, all the things on paper that would make them work. And as soon as they hit a problem, they, they quit and they would quit over and over again. And there's nothing that we could do to get them through. Cause like, you know, I'm, I'm your coach, right? You hire, you hire me, whether it's group coaching or one-on-one, -on -one, most likely I'm your coach or maybe I'm your consultant. In that case, you just have to listen to me, but like as a coach, like I'm going to try to show you the play, but you got to run the play. You know, that's the thing. And, and uh, that drive, man, I'll tell you perceived obstacles are the hardest to overcome because they're only in your mind. Right. Yeah. A real obstacle. If you say, Callie, I need financing, you go talk to my financing guy. We'll, we'll knock that out. Right. You say, Hey, I need an electrical engineer. I'll get you an electrical engineer. We'll knock that out. But if you say, I can't do this because of X reason, you know, I don't know. You need Tony Robbins, not Callie Keen. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a big Tony fan as we all know. So that's awesome. Well, I see your hat, you know, yeah. so like, Absolutely. So Kelly, thank you so much for your time. What's the best way for people to reach out to you? You know, I'm, I'm on a lot of social platforms. I'd really like people to go check out the, uh, my podcast and hype. That would be a great place to learn a little bit more about what I'm doing, me connecting with other people like yourself in just in my network and, you know, chopping it up. Uh, other than that, just reach out on the platform that you like the best. I'm, I'm on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. I'm, I'm happy to hear from you. And if you need something, I'll jump on a phone call and talk to, to somebody about their business or their idea for 45 minutes. That's my free thing to your audience for sure. So DM me. And if I can be of value, I'm here. So great. Thank you so much for that, Kali. We'll put the links below. Uh, thank you so much for your time and sharing those uh, precious nuggets of information. Thank you. Hey, thank you.